Astro. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. She's in love with who I am. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. I did half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a light, hey, like a light, hey. Free tuition, season two, episode six. So this past week was uh, another one of those weeks. I mean, we've kind of had a consistent slate of every week. There's a there's a big upset of some kind, and, and this week we had you know several. Obviously, uh, obviously, you know, Malone, I hate it for you, but you know, starting with your guys, uh, LSU man. Uh, I mean, what happened? Um, <clears throat> the defense happened, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the defensive rooms in these first three weeks, but it, things are not going well. Um, you know, I will say that we've recruited defensively for a, a three, four for the past, uh, you know, four or five years dealing mm -hmm. with Dave Miranda. Um, and now with Bo Pelini in, we're, we're switching things to a, a four, three. I will say, I think some, especially on the D line may not fit the scheme at the moment. But at the end of the day, it's still no excuse to to lose to Mizzou how they did. To let Mizzou put up 45 points on you is just not acceptable. Not the LSU standard. I, you know, I know, I know that Coach O has been on their ass all week, and and making sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again, and that they have better performances going forward. But you know, uh, I will say that I mean the offense is. I mean, Miles Brennan has 11 touchdowns and three picks through three games. Um, I mean, he's not. You know, that's not the issue whatsoever. Terrace Marshall is looking like the best receiver in the country right now. Uh, you know, I don't really know what to say, man. I mean, the offense is doing what they have to do. Run game could be better, but um, defensively, they just got to show up, and that's going to help the team tremendously. So hopefully they can get it straight going forward. But uh, I will say this right now. Bo Pelini has a pretty high buyout, but I, I just won't be shocked if they part ways after this year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and that's because uh, it's year one for him. Aranda just left last year. Correct. Um, so he'd be gone pretty quick. Uh, I, I, but I, I believe it. I mean, I mean, you know, meanwhile, I had the game on too. I mean, it's just – it's not the LSU defense we're used to seeing. And I think I was like – I may have been talking to you. We were going back and forth, and I was like, it, it's almost like a, a flip to the script at LSU because the offense looks great. Um, you guys, you know, you still put up 41, um, and, and Miles Brennan looked really good. You got a lot of pieces out there. Uh, Terrence Marshall was all over the place. Uh, your boy uh, Gilbert was all over the place. Uh, right. I think he ended up. Did he get hurt? If I no, nah, no, nah, he, he he caught like a little stinger in the game, but he came right back in. Um, he's, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, he he's good to go. He's good to go. That's another piece. I mean, Arik is great. Yeah. I mean, he's looking really good. Uh, if you look at the stats, he's he's a second ranked tight end in the SEC behind uh, Mr. Pitts. Yeah, and, and so I mean the points haven't been the problem. It's it's really this defense. Um, you know, giving up forty four week one to Mississippi State, and then this past week giving up forty five at Missouri. Um, definitely just not what we're used to seeing from LSU. And I mean, now you have a little bit more uh, a little bit more knowledge behind what's going on, you know, behind closed doors than I do. But uh, hearing this writing on the wall from Pelini, I mean, it's kind of shocking. I don't know. It just kind of recalling in recent memory if I've heard of something like this happening that quickly uh, for a coach. But, I mean, hey, if it's not working out, you got to do something. Yeah, you know, I will say uh, this – if he gets rid of Pelini after this year, he won't get rid of him midseason. That's not happening. But 
if he does go after the first year, this it, it won't be the first time the Orgeron's done this. Um, <clears throat> we had an offensive coordinator by the name of Matt Canada, who uh, who came in. Um, he was the offensive coordinator the last year that we had um, Danny Etling, the year before Joe Burrow transferred in for his first year at LSU. And Matt Canada came in, was the OC for literally one year, and Orgeron kicked him out the door because uh, it just wasn't up to par with what he wanted and what he thought the LSU standards should be. So um, this isn't unfamiliar territory for uh, for Ed Orgeron at all. So we'll see how it shakes. Yeah, well, and when we look back at the – before the SEC started, we looked at the LSU schedule and we talked about it being difficult. And we kind of – at least me, for example, I, I really looked at those first three games and I was like, if you really want to have a shot of returning, you got to go 3-0 and right here. Um, you go one and two with a gauntlet going forward. Now, luckily, this upcoming week, uh, I, I mean, I guess not luckily, but this upcoming week you're playing Florida or you were playing Florida. That game is postponed, um, and we'll get to in a little uh, a little bit more of that uh, here in a few minutes. But then you got South Carolina, um, and you go on the road at Auburn, and then you got Alabama at the crib after your bye week, of course. Um, and then, you know, even the last few games of the year, you know, going to Arkansas, which uh, they won their game this past week. Uh, Texas A&M at home, which they look a little bit better than we may have thought initially. And then Ole, Ole Miss at the end of the year, which they don't look too bad either. Um, so you still have the, you have this gauntlet of games left. And obviously with two losses, your college football playoff hopes are pretty much squashed. So as far as right now, Malone, looking at the rest of the schedule, what is the best case scenario for LSU? Uh, I think right now, I think um, <clears throat> I think we get a win versus South Carolina. Just off the strength of uh, we got an extra week to prepare, and um, between that and and just I gotta imagine there's gonna be a fire under these guys' asses. I mean, between the coaches, the outside noise from from fans and in the media, you know, these guys say that they block out the noise, but they hear this shit. You know, what I mean, it's 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 you know you can't escape it. I think between those things, I think they get a win at South Carolina, and I tell you, Auburn has not been impressive so far this year for me. So I think they can get a win against Auburn as well. Um, obviously, Bama. I mean, you know, if I'm just being real with myself here, uh, you know, and real with with you and the listeners, I, I don't see that game going well with how both teams are looking. Moving to Arkansas, I mean, you know, they look pretty good as well. I think I, that's a toss-up for me. Uh, I'm not even going to lie to you. The way that they're looking right now, it's it's a toss-up. They've been in games with against good teams so far, Arkansas, and, you know, um, they, they usually give us a pretty decent run for our money every year. It's one of those games where they uh, actually kind of pulls away in the second half. But the way it's looking right now, I'm not I'm not too confident. Uh, LSU beats a and I ain't got none to – we ain't got to expound on that. LSU beats a and 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 Ole Miss, you know, hey, those guys are putting up points. And the way the defense looks, I'm not too sure with how we're going to fare in that game. And, and, and Florida's a toss-up as well. Um, only guaranteed wins I'm giving the team right now is uh, – South Carolina, Auburn, and Texas A&M. Everything else is a toss-up for me, um, just by how all these teams are looking and how LSU is looking at the, at the moment. So we could potentially – I mean, when I look at it, those toss-up games that you mentioned, I'm looking at – let's just say you go 50-50 on them. I mean, you know, and that's uh, yeah. two wins, two losses. That puts you at a – Like six and four? Uh, six and four season, which yeah. is – Going to be technically bowl eligible, um, and you know with yeah. short seasons. I mean, you guys will end up making a bowl game. Yeah, not granted. If this is a regular season, 
you know, I think, you know, if you count those games and the, the games you would have had beforehand, LSU might have won nine games this year, like a nine yeah. type record. Um, yep. But being, yeah, just straight SEC, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're looking at a six and four, six and four slate, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you guys got a uh, pretty hefty recruiting class coming in. So, I mean, it's not going to take long for them to bounce back and get back into the college football playoff uh, conversation. It just doesn't look like it's going to end up being this year. Um, another team that was in the conversation as uh, up until this past week was who you were going to play this week, which was Florida. Um, unfortunately, that game has been postponed um, after pretty much half the team in Florida has been tested positive for COVID. I, I think I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's a lot of people over there. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of guys over there that have that tested positive for COVID. Uh, hopefully, those guys can get healthy and that no one's having any really bad symptoms. Um, you know, hopefully they can get together. Uh, but yeah, you know, Florida lost their one game, but they still got a chance to come out the East. You know, you still got to play Georgia and, and some of those other teams over there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's completely over for them, but you know, they got a they got a battle to climb or, or, or a hill to climb, just like you know, some of these other teams that have caught losses as well. So. Uh, you know, I have no doubt that they, they'll bounce back. Um, obviously, the game against Georgia is going to be the game for them. Um, that's going to kind of probably determine that whole division. So, you know, until then, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's not too far away, November 7th. Um, you know, uh, as long as everybody stays healthy, because you know how COVID can be. I mean, it, it can – I mean, it just can spread so easily. And so we could see them out of commission for – I mean, even Virginia Tech is still – kind of trying to come back from everything and get themselves taken care of. And we see it happening other places as well. Like not even two hours ago, Nick Saban, uh, from where we're recording right now, he just tested positive for COVID along with their uh, the athletic director of Alabama. Um, so, I, and that kind of puts a little bit of jeopardy in for this upcoming week for, uh, you know, the big matchup with uh, Georgia and Alabama. And so, you know, obviously the players are going to get tested. We'll see where everybody uh, is at. I assume they have, back up probably one of the uh, coordinators on one of the sides of the ball uh, will take the reins and coach the game if Nick Saban's unable to. But right now that game may possibly be a toss-up as well. Yeah, um, you know, you know, hope, hopefully Nick Saban is, you know, I know Nick Saban is an older guy and hopefully uh, from everything I've seen so far, you know, he has he doesn't have any symptoms and he was actually coaching practice from a from – a Yeah, yeah, you know, so uh, hopefully he gets well and that – um these these guys can you know hopefully no one's affected enough to no well not so much the team is affected enough where they can't play the game this weekend because I think we're all anticipating this matchup against Georgia coming up so uh, hopefully we can still get the game man it's gonna be a big matchup and we'll uh, break it down a little bit later on but one team that really want to talk about obviously me uh, is on, quite honestly the best looking team in the country and that's uh, that's the team I. Uh, root for here, the Clemson Tigers. Just looking at them this past week, so they had that big matchup with Miami coming into the house, number seven Miami, and there was a lot of hype for Miami. There were there, there were people picking Miami to upset Clemson and win the game, which I thought was absurd. And then Clemson did what they do, man. They they completely just dominated the game. It looked like it was reminiscent of that Alabama championship game a couple of years ago, where Miami could just never get going. Yeah, for sure. Um, I tell you, I think um, like in the ACC, you know, obviously, you know, there's not there's not a bunch of like crappy teams in the ACC. There's a lot of good teams. I, I think for for Clemson though, like when they are able to play, just because week in and week out in the ACC, they're not necessarily playing like 
the best of guys. So when they do get a primetime matchup in their own conference like this, I think they really get up for it, which we saw this past Saturday. When you look at both sides of the ball, I mean, defense, you got probably, when I look at that up and down, like the cornerback room, I mean, it's probably some of the best corners that Clemson's had with Andrew Booth, Darian Kendrick, you got Mario Goodrich. Um, and then, of course, when you look at the line, I mean, I think I told you Xavier Thomas is listed as active this week. He's on the depth chart. Uh, he played this past week. He played a couple of snaps, at, you know, in, in garbage time just to kind of get, you know, his win back going. But this week he's listed on the depth chart, but he is the backup to Miles Murphy, which I don't know if it will stand that he'll stay that way. I mean, I, I foresee him at least at some point in time, maybe he'll be listed as a co-starter. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at that defensive line, just saying something like that, that Xavier Thomas is your backup on the end, and then you got everybody else in the middle. Defense is that offense. I mean, you got, in my opinion, the top two Heisman candidates, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, and I think they are number one and two in the Heisman watch right now. Uh, they just look – it looks very much – and they look like Matt Liner and Reggie Bush at, uh, Reggie Bush-esque. Like, they just – they do, man. I mean, they, they look like that, you know, the best quarterback and the best running back in the country. You know, I don't foresee that as long as neither of them gets hurt, they're going to continue doing what they're doing right now. I will say uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, no, no disrespect to uh, Matt Liner, but Trevor Lawrence is better than Matt Liner ever was. In college. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that now. I'm going to say that now. But uh Man, we that's a that's a real debate when it comes to ATN and Reggie. Reg, you know, and I'd say, I, and I'm gonna just say that because I think I think with Reggie, it was more like it was bigger than him just being good. Like he was like a culture guy. You know what I'm saying? It was like yeah. a, he brought a whole new like it was just a different type of it was just different. It was just different. It was like a like what AI brought to the NBA or what you know what I mean? Like it was the influence opposed to right. just the actual uh, skills well, that he brought to the field. It was the influence, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, he's definitely got, you know, by far probably, at least in this millennium so far, probably the biggest influence of any college football player, uh, definitely at the running back position, maybe uh, in any position um, over these past 20 years. But definitely when you look at, like, what's going on on the field, I mean, you can't take away what Travis Etienne has done. I mean, he's, you know, breaking NCAA records now with touchdowns and games. Um, and the stats just keep climbing up. And now he's, you know, really – create himself as a uh, as not just a, you know this dominant running back but I mean he's becoming a pass catching running back too so he's catching Absolutely. these balls uh, you know in the checkdowns and everything and then just taking it you know wherever he can go yeah no I mean eight catches this past game um I mean that's you know that can't be understated and uh I mean granted he was popping off almost nine yards a carry in this game against Miami who was uh ranked number seven at the time or number what were they what were they at the time again yeah, they were number seven. Right. So, yeah, man, uh, Travis is, is is helping himself tremendously as far as his NFL stock goes with the way he's catching the ball out of the backfield and, and making it look easy. So, yeah, I mean, those guys are looking great, brother, looking great. So, you know, we'll see if they can keep up, keep up the pace, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I've, I've definitely been impressed with both of those guys so far and what they're accomplishing. Yeah, and I think uh, you mentioned he had a, the eight catches uh, this week for – the guy led the team in catches. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, eight, eight catches, seventy-three yards. I think last week uh, against Virginia, he led the team in receiving yards. Um, he had, uh, yeah, he, he had, was one off. He was one off from leading this week. 
Yeah. So last week he rushed 14 for 73 in the tutty, but he caught five passes for 114 last week against Virginia. And then, yeah, this week, I mean, you see it like he's just it, it's not just his those, you know, running. But I mean, rushing, he's still doing fine there as well. But, yeah, it's definitely those uh, those pass, uh, pass catching yards is really giving him his boost right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's uh, you know, he's 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 proven his weight in gold at the moment. Um, looking like an excellent player and for sure a day one traffic. I know you saw the big one too. That big, I think it was that seventy-two yarder. That he took. Oh, to yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, right. oh yeah. You know, nobody can catch him on the field. And then, and then you got you know uh, Sunshine, you know, back in the gun, uh, who also he was twenty-nine for forty-one, two ninety-two yards, three tutties himself, and he also took one on the ground. Can can you have Cole Heisman? I don't think that's how it works, brother. I know, man, but I feel like. They just complement each other so well, man. It's uh, it's crazy. Nobody's beating Clemson. Clemson's gonna be the national champions. Nobody's beating Clemson. Ohio State ain't beating Clemson. Alabama ain't beating Clemson. You know, New York Jets ain't beating Clemson, man. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> you know, these boys are the truth, man. This is an NFL team, top, not top to bottom, but starters to fourth stringers. We got NFL talent, bro. Like, this is this is the best Clemson team. I think I've ever seen, to be quite honest. You know, we've seen some, yeah, we've seen some years, but I think, you know, when you look at everything top to bottom, this is the best team that Clemson's had. Not by far, but definitely, definitely, you know, when you look at it, you got that, the 2016 and the 2018 team. I don't know, man. They just, these guys just have too much talent. But uh, moving on to another game that we had this past week uh, was the Red River Showdown. We had Oklahoma and Texas. And that was a hell of a game. I mean, just like there was a period of time there where it looked like Texas was really going to do it. Uh, they actually ended up benching Spencer Rattler for, you know, the end of the first half to kind of, I guess, send a message, you know, let him know that, hey, you got to you gotta kind of step up. And, and then uh, him actually, they went to uh, quadruple overtime, um, and uh, Oklahoma was able to pull away with that win. Sam Ellinger just didn't have uh, – you know, he didn't have it. He looked like he had him there for a minute. I won't lie. I was like, man, this kid looks pretty good. But at the end of the day, you know, he threw that pick. Yeah, no, nah, he threw that pick, man. Uh, but I must cool. say, man, Sam did have a hell of a game. Uh, I mean, literally led the team, well, obviously in passing, but to lead the team in rushing like he did and score four touchdowns and lead him in rushing. And I mean, 20 carries for 112 yards, four touchdowns. Threw for 287, two tutties and two picks. I mean, he put the team on his back the best way possible. I must say, uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault him too much. He looks like he really tried hard out here, but uh, I don't know what happened with the run game. But obviously, that was null and void from the running backs. But he seemed to put the team on his back. But uh, Oklahoma man, you know, I think we both said it uh, that they were gonna win the game, and. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they came through. I mean, there was no way that they could afford to lose three games in a row as a program, right? So, you know, they, they found ways to make, make timely plays when they needed to. And I see, I definitely saw Rattler make some some pretty decent throws here uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime. So, you know, he, he came through when he needed. I think that uh, that slight pressure that Mordecai might have put on him uh, from coming into the game and being quite efficient, to be fair, uh, might have, yeah, yeah. you know, 
might have pushed a button for him to to realize he has to step up at all times and not take his position for granted. Yeah, and another player that really impressed me was uh, was their tight end. Uh, you know that big boy Stogner, man, he looked unbelievable in overtime. There, um, you know, he ended the game with a uh, with six uh, catches, fifty six yards, and in a big touchdown. Uh, in I don't know if it was the second or third overtime, but. He just looks like a man among the boys. I mean, they, uh, you know, you kind of lob it up there to him and let him go get it. You know, I'll tell you, Oklahoma is a, Oklahoma is a pretty sneaky good uh, uh, tight end tradition. I mean, they got one in the league dominating right now in the name of Mark Andrews. So Oklahoma definitely has produced their fair share of tight ends. So uh, Stogner seems to be the next in line here. He looks great. Um, so now you got uh, both of these teams at two and two. So they pretty much cancel each other out for the college football playoff and still really opens up uh, the possibility of another team coming in. But, you know, when you look at, like, Oklahoma State, I think they're still undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, um, and ranked number seven right now. So they're on the come up. But you got to imagine a team like Oklahoma State is going to fall in one of these games because they still have Oklahoma. They still have Texas. They got Kansas State, who looks good. They got Iowa State here in a couple weeks. Um, And then they're going to have Baylor at the end of the year. Uh, So – Right now they're ranked number seven, but they're kind of in the driver's seat to be the team that has the possibility of uh, you know making it to the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're you know it's all in their hands at this point. Um, it'll be just a matter of uh, whether they have the 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 wherewithal to make it happen. I mean, that three game stretch between Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. I mean, my goodness. Uh, you know, we've seen what Kansas State can do as far as this year. They they can get up for any team. So. Um, that three-game stretch is definitely going to be interesting. Uh, and really, they got they got a tough one against Iowa State this week. So, well, next week. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes, man. But that three-game stretch for sure is going to be the make-or-break point of their season, I imagine. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, you know, when you look at the new top 25, uh, you got – obviously, there's been a little bit of shaking up here. You still have a solid top three in Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Notre Dame was able to get to number four. Uh, one thing that really surprised me was UNC jumping into the top five. Um, so this marks, the, uh, I think, the first time ever in history that three ACC teams are in the top five of the top 25 in college football. Impressive, impressive. Uh, you know, what can you say? Um, the, the conference has shown up well uh, so far this season. And, uh, you know, we'll see if everybody can keep pace. So let me ask you, out of your out of the top three, well, out of the three in the ACC who are in the top five, who uh, who is most likely to fall? To fall? Um, I think Notre Dame. And I think only the biggest reason is because they have to play Clemson. Um, Fair enough. You know, you know, North Carolina. If we see them, it's going to be at the end of the year in the championship. Um, and I'm I'm more afraid of North Carolina. I think they're a better team than Notre Dame. And that game against Clemson. Uh, you know, the, obviously that'll shake them up, but they could possibly slip one between now and then. I mean, Pitt doesn't look too bad. They got to go on the road at Pitt here, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Um, so that could be a game that you know Pitt could come in and, and shock Notre Dame. But they're definitely going to lose Clemson. Um, and then they have to play North Carolina, too. Tough one. They may catch each other out, right? Yeah. And, and so it's a uh, – I would say right now looking at it, Notre Dame is the team that has the the most likely possibility to slip up. Let me look at North Carolina's schedule really quickly and see if they got to play. Um, 
I mean, yeah, North Carolina, they play Florida State next week. That's that's a dub. They play NC State at home. That's a dub. They play Virginia on the road. That's a dub. They play Duke on the road. That's a dub. Wake Forest at home. That's a dub. Then they got the Notre Dame game. I, I think they really have a legitimate shot to go into that game undefeated, barring anything like COVID running through the locker room or something like that. And then, now after that, you do have Miami, which, you know, back-to-back schedule like that. Uh, Miami's on the road, you know, that could possibly be a game that they could slip up on one of those games. Maybe, you know, you probably end up splitting those North Carolina definitely has a better chance to uh, be a a team to succeed. I think over Notre Dame as of right now. Yeah, I won't, I won't disagree. Uh, I like the Notre Dame program, like North Carolina program. I like both, but uh, yeah, I I have a little more faith in, in, in Sam Howell and, and Mac Brown at the moment. And, uh, what they can accomplish. But yeah, well, time will definitely tell for sure when those two match up. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Now, what do you think about Alabama right now? One thing that really struck me on uh, on Saturday night was seeing Alabama struggle against Ole Miss to the point where, you know, I think it was the fourth quarter and we were like, man, these guys could possibly lose. I will say uh, Lane Kiffin is not that far off from, from you know, being the OC at at Alabama, um, I think he's probably still knows a good bit of those guys over there. He knows what Alabama does, what they don't do, you know. So I think he kind of maybe had, like, granted, Nick Saban plays against a lot of his, his assistants, old former assistants, and you know, it doesn't really happen. But I think Lane probably had an idea of how they were going to attack him, and or and especially how he could attack them, and so on and so forth. So I think that played into it. Uh, you know, Bama looks good to me, man. They they look really good. The offense looks good. Mac Jones is is Mac Jones is legit to me. He uh, looks good. He looks good. I was actually having this conversation with a coworker, one of our listeners as well, and um, he's a Bama guy. And you know, yeah, Mac Jones is 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 looking real, man. It's um, you know, he's throwing accurate balls. He's he's getting the ball out quickly. They look good, and he's got a strong run game behind him. So yeah, I, you know, I think Bama's gonna be all right, man. And and especially as they get going and start playing even tougher teams. Uh, I think they're another one of those teams, kind of like y'all. Like, obviously, you know, y'all want to blow everybody out. But when you play in those teams where you know that are at least halfway up the par with you and then they're getting a little bit of hype on the outside, they're yeah. going to come to play, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think when Bama plays one of these one of these bigger teams coming up here, man, I, you know, I think we're going to see what they're really about. But uh, I'm, I'm impressed with them so far decently, uh, you know, in my opinion. You know, one thing I'm looking at when I look at this box score from this past week um, is looking at Alabama's receivers. They only had five different receivers, Devontae Smith, Waddle, um, Harris, uh, Forrestal, and, uh, and Mechie the third. So right. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked. I feel like a program like Alabama, I mean, they would have, you know, probably a few more guys uh, catching passes. I was expecting probably around like seven or at least eight maybe. Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, from, from what I've noticed – from Bama over the last two or three seasons is when when you know you got a guy or you got a couple guys who who do it every week they they just kind of ride it out you know what I mean um, it's not much uh, it's not much of, of spreading the spreading the wealth around going on at Bama in my opinion over the last couple of seasons as far as getting a whole bunch of people involved you kind of you got your stars you got the guys who are really good who are making plays for you Sunday guys you know what I mean and they kind of ride out with them. See, I'm not. I'm not really shocked, honestly. Yeah, and so we'll see. Uh, hopefully, this week we'll still see them get to play 
um, you know, against Georgia, you know, which is definitely the game I think we're all looking forward to the most this week. That's going to be, uh, as of right now, it's scheduled to be 8 o'clock kickoff Eastern time. Uh, CBS, uh, Alabama's a four-point favorite. This is going to be the headline of our Pick'em games this week. So when we get to this game, now we're going to pick a winner, Malone, but if the game is postponed, um, I know we haven't really talked about this yet, but I think we go ahead and just postpone that matchup from the week um, and then just, you know, fit in wherever they may end up playing again and just kind of keep our picks as is. Uh, but looking back at last week, uh, you know, you actually had the best week out of everybody. You went four and one last week. You got, hey. yeah, you got Oklahoma, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, and Clemson. We all I told missed you about Florida. Kentucky last week, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Jeff ended up picking Kentucky too. We got Jeff's picks uh, remotely. Um, he did get Kentucky. Uh, we all missed Florida. You know that that heartbreak, uh, heartbreaking loss to Texas A and M. That was a that was a miss for all of us. But everything else you scored on, man. Um, I missed. Yeah, the Kentucky. I, I picked Mississippi State. Um, Yo, man. I, I did not. Yeah. I'm looking at the boss. I did not realize Mississippi State scored two points, bro. Dude, yeah, it was bad. Bro, they got throttled. Hold up, Scott. I did not really – hold up, man. Yo, this is how bad the LSU defense is, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mississippi State scored two points against Kentucky? I, I really, I'm, I'm like, yo, everybody out there right now, I really had no idea that that was the final score until right now that I'm looking. This That is that is nuts. Yeah, and KJ Costello, he, I think he ended up getting benched. He threw four picks. And then uh, – and then wow. poor uh, poor Will Rogers, man, he came in and threw a pair of picks himself, man. They had six total interceptions for the game. Wow. 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 Um, well, yeah, uh, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, I, I, yeah, they, they didn't look good. And you're right. It doesn't make LSU's defense look very good at all either. Um, no, because, you know, you know how it works. Like, you know, if. You get to the end of the year and Mississippi oh, State was nine and one. You know, you're like, oh well, okay. You kind of see it, but yeah, nah, buddy. There, there's no yeah. excuse now. Yeah, it's not very good. But uh, looking, so right now for the season, uh, the rankings. So you're leading the pack. You're seven and three for the for the year. I'm six and four. Jeff is five and five. There's still a lot of games to go. We're all kind of right there. But for this upcoming week, um, and we'll uh, we'll kind of go back and forth on these here. So. One game we picked uh, that is actually not a Power 5 matchup, but, you know, a team we talked about last week who didn't look quite as good as we were talking about, but, you know, a big matchup this week, and that's number 14, BYU at Houston. Um, and so this is going to be the first game of our Pick'em matchup for this week. And this is a Friday game, too, so this will be, uh, you know, prior to game day. So who you got for this one, Mom? Uh, I'm going to go with BYU, who are coming off an underwhelming performance last week against uh, University of Texas San Antonio. I'm sure they try to get their feet back under them this week and try to dominate the Houston Cougars uh, if they if they can here. So I think that's what they try to do. So I am going to go the opposite side of the fence. I think I'm picking Houston to win this matchup. Houston has not played a whole lot of football this year. So that means one of two things. They're either going to be rusty or they're going to have fresh legs. I think it's going to be the latter. Um, I think they're going to be amped up to play, especially a team like BYU, who is really starting to kind of prove themselves as a, as a threat. 
And so Houston is kind of known of being, you know, a threat, uh, you know, in that conference. And so I think they're going to come in and actually, you know, smack BYU in the mouth early and, uh, and end up taking the dub. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so I'm sorry. Right, I, I got a, I got an idea about who you're going to pick for this one. But Auburn at South Carolina, who uh, who, who do you like? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's definitely Auburn for me. South Carolina, you know, it's just another one of those years, man. I mean, they're kind of. Right now they're sitting at one, two, they and their one win I think was Missouri. Um, no, they beat Vanderbilt. But other than that, I mean, they lost to Florida, they lost to Tennessee. Um, I think Auburn they're looking to kind of make some noise and try to get uh, get their some uh, get themselves going back. And so I, I really think the Auburn Tigers are going to come out and beat South Carolina. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm gonna go. South Carolina on this one, brother. Um, I, I just, you know, when I watch their games, a lot of their games, they, they seem to kind of make plays to kind of stay in games, and then things kind of get blown open at the end or the second half or so on and so forth. You know, I'm I'm, I'm rocking out with them. Uh, I think they get it done this week. Auburn has not they've, – they've been a disappointment for me so far. I had a lot of expectations going, going for them and going into this season, but so far they're not doing it for me. So, yeah, I'm going to go with South Carolina here to take care of business at home. Man, fair enough. So this next matchup here is number 11, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Uh, after we just got done talking about Mississippi State and that <laughs> terrible performance. But, you know, never, I mean, it's still, you know, a pretty low line, and this is a pick em game. So, Malone, who you got for this one? Uh, I'm going to have to go with A&M here. Uh, it's been two weeks in a row. With uh, some pretty pretty bad performances from Mississippi State after their big win against LSU in Week One, I'm gonna have to go with the snowball effect still still rolling here, and I, I got I got A and M winning the game. They uh, you know they they played well last week. I think they gained a lot of confidence last week as well. Uh, so I think they go in and, and, and roll in Mississippi State. Yeah, I've got Texas A and M also. Um, like you said, I mean they played. Really, really well last week. Kellen Mond looked just kind of clutch in the moment, man. I mean, so they got a big win last week against Florida, and I think that gives them the confidence uh, to really say, you know, yeah, we can do this. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is a freak. You know, he's – Get off me. Dude, he's he's just someone great to have in your backfield. <laughs> that play, yeah, man, that, that you know. Yeah, he, he's special. sick. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he, a, he's a really good player. So they're uh, – I got Texas A&M, yeah. I, I got them win uh, on the road at Mississippi State. I got you. Now, I, I will say I think this next game is might be the toughest game to pick out of our slate here. Both teams, I think, came into the into the season with low expectations, but they've both seemed to kind of played well over these first couple of weeks, in my opinion, uh, especially Arkansas, who I've been quite, quite surprised with. But I, I am going to go with Ole Miss to take care of business in this football game. Uh, they're putting up points. Matt Corral is, is a really good – he's really good. He's really good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with them and take care of business here. I got Ole Miss as well. I, I think especially this past week after, you know, what they did against Alabama um, and them kind of putting themselves – basically kind of giving them the confidence. Like they could have been 2-1 and one this week uh, with the win against Alabama. They could have still been, you know, possibly playoff contenders. Um, and so they, they definitely have – I like Corral as well um, and everybody else that they have. I mean, they had two players who rushed for over 120 yards and a couple of tutties apiece. So 
definitely going to go with Ole Miss uh, to go in and then uh, beat Arkansas on the road. Good deal. And uh, this last matchup, Malone. So this is the big one. This one we still, you know, we don't know if it, uh, if we're actually going to get this game. Um, as we speak right now, I'm watching Nick Saban actually speak on ESPN uh, from his home. Uh, right now it says uh, it's actually the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, who is currently resuming with the coaching responsibilities for the team. So as long as everything holds up, we will have number three, Georgia, at number two, Alabama, this Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Who you got for this one, Malone, this big matchup? Uh, this big matchup, I'm going to have to uh, follow the trend here, man. Um, Nick Saban is undefeated against all his assistants. Uh, I will say Kirby probably got the closest to beating Nick Saban, um, especially in that, that national championship game a couple years ago. But I don't think he gets it done this week, especially going to Bama as well. Um, I'm going to go with, with them to take care of business. Uh, yeah, I got Alabama. Uh, by two touchdowns. Shout out to Georgia, though. They, their defense was great. I just don't know if I got to choose between Stetson and 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 Matt. I mean, I, you know, as far as who's about to go with me the game, man, I got to go with Matt just from what I've seen so far. I think uh, Georgia's run game hasn't been that great so far this season. It's been decent, but not outstanding like you're used to seeing for a Georgia team. And I think Alabama takes that away completely out the gate and makes Stetson Bennett try to beat them. So we'll see what happens. I'm going the Bulldogs this week. <laughs> I'm going the Georgia Bulldogs to get this. I guess you would call it an upset at Alabama and for a couple of different reasons here. Now, the biggest thing that stood out to me is that Alabama's defense let Ole Miss put up 48. Now, granted, Ole Miss has a different type of offense that Georgia does. But at the same time, Georgia has started to this year. You know, I mean, they're still they're still relying heavily on their running game, but they are also, you know, they're, they're putting the ball in the air more. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of spread in the field a little bit more as well. Um, and so that's one thing to consider. But another, the biggest thing is kind of what we've been talking about here. Alabama's not going to have their head coach if this plays this Saturday night. They're going to be without Nick Saban. I think that is – a huge, huge loss uh, not having him on the field. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, we know who he is and his his resume and everything, but not having Nick Saban, who's, uh, you know, the ringleader in all of this, is really going to, I think, be a blow to the team. Um, and then, of course, you have Kirby Smart on the opposite side, who, like you just mentioned, he's, when it comes to someone who gets close to beating Nick Saban, I mean, almost every time they play, it seems like it's a really tight game and Georgia has it in their grasp, and for whatever reason, they lose it. And I think this is really going to be that opportunity that they're going to go over that hump with Nick Saban out of the game, and I'm going to go with uh, go with the Georgia Bulldogs to win this game. So obviously, Saban is not going to coach this game. So does is it going to count if if Georgia does win? Is it going to count as a as Saban losing to an assistant, or is it going to is that L going to go to Sar Sarkeesian? I mean, I'm. No, I can't put it on Nick Saban. I don't even know if the committee would necessarily even rule out Alabama for that loss, obviously. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think, I mean, when it comes down to, like, who's actually going to win the game the game itself, uh, I think the Bulldogs are going to pull out. Um, I don't think it's going to be something that, you know, Alabama can really control, I mean, being without their head coach. Uh, so, you know, they can do what they can do. And, and Steve Sarkis, I'm sure, is going to do a fine job, maybe. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be a different voice, and that's that's yeah. going to be different for those players. You know, they're used to hearing that last word from Nick before they run out and, and seeing him lead the way out. It may be different for him. Uh, but I tell you, I won't be shocked if they got uh, – if they got Nick on the sideline on, on Zoom on one of those uh on one of those iPads or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> still there, man. Still, still uh, there, you know. Still making sure everybody, you know, you know, he's ringing everybody's necks, man. I I Nick is one of those guys, man. He's such a legend in coaching. And I think, you know, just what he brings to college football and his presence and, and his his aura, just having that that element gone. I think it's just something that Bama's not going to be able to overcome. So, yeah, I got to go with the Bulldogs on this one. Uh, but this would be Bama's only regular season loss. I would say that. Yeah, nah. And it would, and it would be an East opponent as at that. So, you know, it won't it won't affect them too much uh, as far as the grand scheme of things because, yeah, you know, they run through the rest of the West schedule and, and, and you know, make their way to Atlanta for that C championship and, and face whoever they got to face. So. Yeah, they lose here. It won't be, uh, you know, I won't say it won't be a blip on the radar. It will, but uh, you know, they, they'll still be able to bounce back from it uh, totally. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it should be a great game, man. That's a great point you made as far as not having saving there and and uh, his presence and all that good stuff. We'll see how it plays. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, it is still Alabama. They got you know just as much talent as anybody in the country. And and Steve Sarkeesian is a is a well respected coach. Um, you know. So they, they could still come in and actually beat uh, Georgia and win the matchup, but it's definitely going to be harder than we expect. Uh, and I think it's no matter what, no matter who wins, it's going to be a dogfight from, you know, when the whistle blows to whistle blows. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, man, but, you know, it's going to get interesting here. Uh, obviously, they tested Nick Saban, but, you know, you got to imagine they tested the whole team from top to bottom. Um, oh, I, I think they're going to test them every day. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to, right? Uh, yeah, symptoms don't start. Uh, or I think they said you don't even get a positive result until after 48 hours of contact. Okay. Um, so they've got to test these players, I think, every single day up until game day. And they even game day, I think they got to do, like, the rapid testing in the Man, morning. Man, yeah, tomorrow and, uh, tomorrow and Friday are going to be crucial, crucial for this football game. Um, so hopefully everyone uh, checks out how, they, how they're supposed to and we can get this game, man. Yeah, for all we know, by the time this uh, this episode airs, I mean, the game may already have been postponed and this all would have been for nothing, but hopefully not the case. Um, you know, right, right. disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, we hope to see him playing this Saturday. Um, if not, you know, the picks are still locked in. Um, I, I, either way, I think even if Nick Saban was there, I'd probably still pick Georgia, but we'll, I'm going to keep the pick, um, you know, no matter what, when they play, whether it's this week or later on, but. Other than that, Malone, I mean, I, there's so much we, so much more we could cover, but um, you know, we're kind of running out of time here. But is there anything else that caught your eye that you want to talk about for this upcoming week or this past week? Uh, I mean, you know, I am ready to, uh, you know, maybe in the next couple of weeks we can finally start getting into um, in the, into the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and really breaking that down. Um, That's right. I'm looking Big forward time. to that so we can see these teams and uh, really get. You know everybody out here in the field, and and so we could you know get a nice a nice grasp of uh, of where things really stand. So that's all I'm looking forward to most. Um, but this week, man, I'm just I'm just hoping everybody stays safe and and gets healthy, and you know we can continue to on this path of uh, college football and see what happens with the playoff as we get forward. Yeah, next week is actually Big Ten's first week, so 
Uh, we'll probably be diving a whole lot into the Big Ten and figure out who is who's going to win that league and who's going to you know step forward. I mean, I think we all pretty much kind of have an idea, but it's going to be fun to talk about. And we'll have some more games uh, to break down here along with the other leagues that are playing. And not long after that, man, we'll have the Pac-12. So definitely going to be a great few weeks coming up here with free tuition. Uh, you know, we hope you guys are going to be with us for the ride. Uh, you know, we're almost halfway through the actual regular season and uh, still got a lot of good football to come and hopefully COVID doesn't ruin any of these plans, but uh, we appreciate you guys coming on and uh, we'll see you next week. See y'all, man. Peace.